evening. Our top stories tonight, the NFL draft round one. It was an eventful one for better or for worse. For better, for a lot of teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, for worse, like my Detroit Lions. But we are here to cover it all on Player Profiler today. Round one of the NFL draft is in the books. And in some ways, it went like we expected, or at least the 101 it did. It went CJ Stroud first overall. And then I was correct. Or sorry, it was Bryce Young first overall. CJ Stroud second overall. I got those correct in my top 10. And after that, absolute chaos. Let's start from the beginning. The Panthers, they make the expected pick. They take Bryce Young. I think C.J. Stroud was the correct decision, but we will see. I am not a quarterback evaluator. I could be wrong. Bryce Young could be the outlier of all outliers and be the first quarterback since Drew Brees to produce at that size. I know the Panthers coaches like to compare him to Russell Wilson. He's got to gain some weight to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is 220-plus. Bryce Young pushed in 200 pounds on a good day. And then C.J. Stroud, he goes second overall. All the whispers that... The agent prevent them from drafting C.J. Stroud, that they could wait another year, that they really wanted Will Anderson. All of that may have been a lie, or it may have been true. The Texans really may not have been decided on what they were going to do until draft night, when they were able to convince the Arizona Cardinals to trade down with them. Texans move up to the 103, and what a terrible trade. What a terrible decision. I get it. Will Anderson is arguably the most decorated college athlete in the history of college sports. But the Houston Texans are nowhere near competing. They're not. Look at the rest of the defensive line. Look at the linebacking court. Look at the secondary. Look at pretty much everything. But the offensive line and now quarterback with C.J. Stroud and you've got one edge rusher and Will Anderson. That is not worth giving up your first round next year as the Texans because you're going to be bad still. The Texans are not going to be good. C.J. Stroud, he's going to have protection, but his wide receiver one is Nico Collins, Robert Woods, who? Who is their wide receiver one? Is Amari Rogers going to be playing significant snaps? If he is, what, what a loss. So Texans, while I love the decision to draft C.J. Stroud, I do not like the trade up. Give him the Browns pick. If it had been the Browns pick, I would have been much more okay with it. The Texans have a first rounder next year still from the Cleveland Browns from the Tom Watson trade. But come on, this was a bad, bad move, but not the worst move of the day. We'll get to that later. And that four, the Indianapolis Colts surprised us all and selected Anthony Richardson instead of Will Levis. We have been banging the drum that Will Levis was going to be a first-round quarterback. Will Levis was going to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, when you think about it, this does make sense. Anthony Richardson is the toolsiest quarterback in this draft class. Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Colts, he loves his toolsy prospects. So, I do understand it, but Richardson's not ready to start week one. 
Gardner Minshew is going to be the starter week one, but Gardner Minshew also isn't going to be good enough to keep Anthony Richardson on the bench. So I'm worried he's going to get rushed. Even Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts spent the majority of his rookie season on the bench, only entered the starting lineup towards the end of the season. And Jalen Hurts was a lot more complete as a prospect than Anthony Richardson. I do believe Shane Steichen will help Richardson, will do his best to protect him, but even still, the Colts have a massive liability at right guard. Their center, Ryan Kelly, could be traded. Their right tackle, Braden Smith, he's pretty solid, but opposite of him, left tackle, Bernard Raymond, he's got a long way to go as a third-round pick out of Central Michigan. So these Colts, I like the Anthony Richardson pick. I respect it. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out if they end up having to rush Anthony Richardson onto the field. But that will bring us to the running backs. And the running backs, somehow, in the year of our Lord, 2023, we had two running backs off the board before a single wide receiver. We had to wait 20 picks before we finally got a receiver and the Seattle Seahawks knocked it out of the park. But more on that later. For now, we got to focus on these running backs because it it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. In 2023, the way the NFL is heading, wide receiver is so much more valuable than running back. Edge, O-line, so many positions of value. And the Atlanta Falcons, they shun that. I understand their reasoning behind it. The reasoning being, well, we hired Arthur Smith because of his work with Derrick Henry. We got to get him at Derrick Henry. The problem is that's faulty reasoning. Just because Arthur Smith did good things in Tennessee in a backwards way, in a way that does not conform to 2023, does not mean it's going to work. So I love the pick of Bijan Robinson for fantasy purposes, for fun, for what we're going to see on the field. It's going to be a lot of fun. But as someone who wanted the Atlanta Falcons to succeed, this is just a suboptimal use of a top 10 pick. It's overall Bijan Robinson. I get it. He's a generational running back, but you know who else was? Jonathan Taylor. And he went round two. Brees Hall went round two. I know Bijan Robinson more a better prospect than Brees Hall, but it just doesn't add up in today's NFL. And same with Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs at 12 to the Detroit Lions does not make sense. It really does not make sense. They already have DeAndre Swift, and we clearly know now that Dan Campbell does not believe in DeAndre Swift. Brad Holmes did not draft DeAndre Swift. We started seeing the writing on the wall when they gave $6 million a year to David Montgomery. But that wall has been knocked down. They took a wrecking ball to that wall. The writing's all gone, and DeAndre Swift is out. But what's his value now? Are teams expecting the Lions to hold on to Swift? No. They know that the Lions need to get rid of Swift, that they have... I know it's cliche, but the Lions have too many mouths to feed now that they have Jameer Gibbs. So they got to get rid of DeAndre Swift. But at what cost? At what value? At what 
price point. And when that does happen, that will mean the last two picks, the first rounder in Jeff Akuda and the second rounder in DeAndre Swift, that last draft by Bob Quinn, Brad Holmes is saying, nah, we don't want it. Not good enough. We're going to do things our own way. Swift is an extremely talented player, but not healthy enough. We're not tying our wagon to DeAndre Swift. And so he's going to be out the door. Where he lands is going to be interesting. Kansas City would be the perfect landing spot. Kansas City, who, not that they should have taken a running back at 32 at any point, but Kansas City, who if they were taken a running back at 32, should have taken DeAndre Swift over Clyde edwards Zulek. Should have taken Jonathan Taylor first, but if you were looking for that style of running back, and you go Clyde edwards Hilaire, a small, slow running back, at least DeAndre Swift, he's small, but he's big, a lot bigger than CEH. He's compact, and he's athletic. DeAndre Swift is a supreme athlete, and so send him to the Kansas City Chiefs, put him in that Jarek McKinnon role, put him in the role Clyde edwards Hilaire was supposed to have, and watch the fireworks. Or you could send him to the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon, we know, is on his way out. Send him to Cincinnati. Send him to New England. Play that James White role. We know at the Shrine Bowl that the Patriots were in on these smaller backs, in on these receiving backs. The Falcons wanted a grinder. They got Bijan. And the Patriots wanted a pass catcher. So could they be in on DeAndre Swift? And more importantly, what is the value of DeAndre Swift? Because there are so many running backs that are talented in this class, that are still on the board. I believe as a pure talent, DeAndre Swift, better than Zach Charbonnet, better than Roshan Johnson, better than Kendra Miller, as a talent. But you do have to remember that talent and value intersect. And DeAndre Swift is in the last year of his rookie contract. So any team trading for him is going to have to work out an extension. You are trading for the right to pay DeAndre Swift, or you're paying him to be a mercenary and letting him go in free agency the next year. But that's not a valuable asset compared to a rookie running back who is slightly less talented in Zach Charbonnet and Roshan Johnson, but you get four years on that rookie deal. So I don't know how the Lions are going to move on from DeAndre Swift. I don't know where he'll end up, but I know this was a mistake to draft all of these running backs ahead of these wide receivers. But hey, I'm just a guy talking. And speaking of guys talking, Father, take it away. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD, and they're making the NBA fun. Their NBA pickums. It's changed my Wednesday night. It's changed my Sunday afternoon. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and... You can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? 
And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can five extra payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is Underworld. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the Underworld. And speaking of true friends of the Underworld, congratulations to the Seattle Seahawks for landing personal friend of On Nanduri, Jackson Smith in Jigba. The Seattle Seahawks knocked this out of the park. The fact that JSN, the clear-cut wide receiver, a clear alpha, falls to the Seahawks at 20? Whew, Don Schneider has been in his bag. And this is just perfect from a configuration standpoint. You get DK Metcalf posted outside at that X receiver position. And then opposite him, you can have Tyler Lockett or you can have JSN. JSN and Tyler Lockett, they play off of each other. One is outside wide, one's in the slot. They rotate back and forth. You put them, both of them in motion, not at the same time, but you move them around. This offense for the Seattle Seahawks is going to be so dangerous in 2023. They were already pretty damn good last year. They did not have a functional wide receiver three. Unless you count Marquise Goodwin, which I don't. He is a wide receiver three. So now you get Jackson Smith and Jigba, a bona fide wide receiver, one caliber player. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a wide receiver one in the NFL. I will not be surprised to see Jackson Smith and Jigba outperform DK Metcalf by 2024. This year, pump the brakes a little bit for JSN. He'll probably be in that wide receiver three range. He'll have some wide receiver one, wide receiver two weeks, but. Total points probably ends up as a wide receiver three. But as the season progresses, JSN is going to continue to rise up the rankings. He is going to score more points as the season goes on. And then in 2024, when Tyler Lockett is 31 years old, JSN leapfrogs him in the pecking order. And at that point, he very well could leapfrog DK Metcalf. I know we all love DK Metcalf, the size the speed, the athleticism. It's beautiful. He's a freak in all of the best ways. But Jackson Smith and Jigba is just a better wide receiver. And so at some point, he is going to pass DK Metcalf. And speaking of better wide receivers, how in the hell did the Chargers draft Quinton Johnston as the wide receiver too? I, I don't get where is the downfield presence coming from? Because that was the problem with the Chargers last year. One, Joe Lombardi would not allow Justin Herbert to take deep shots. But two, they didn't have the personnel for it. Mike Williams runs a 4-5. Josh Palmer runs a 4-5. Keenan Allen ran a 4-6. He was hurt. But in 2023, yeah, he's probably running a 4-6, 4-7. Gerald Everett, a tight end. And now you get Quinton Johnston, runs a 4-5. Nothing special as an athlete isn't what we hoped he would be based on some of the plays we saw at TCU. He's still explosive. The jumps were pretty crazy, but before he just left something to be desired. And when you've got Zay Flowers on the board, and I was pounding the table for Zay Flowers to the Chargers, and the fact that he was on the board 
and they pass, that is a blunder that will come back to haunt them. Zay Flowers and the speed he would have brought to the Los Angeles Chargers offense, the deep balls that Justin Herbert could throw, the amount of space that would be cleared out underneath, that just doesn't exist now. That is going to be Josh Palmer and Mike Williams running those wind sprints. Unless they bring <laughs> Jalen Knighton's still on the team. He came back from ACL surgery, but they just don't have that configuration to succeed. Zay Flowers to the Raven. That gives them a beautiful configuration. You can have Odell play as your ex. You can have Rashad Bateman play as your ex. Both of those players can play in the slot. Zay Flowers can play in the slot. He can be your Z receiver outside. The Ravens have a very versatile, very, very explosive passing game. The problem fantasy is they won't pass as much as we would like in order to make Zay Flowers have the fantasy value that we would like to see. That he would have had with a pass-happy offense like the, char- like the Chargers. But... It's still a win for the Ravens. This was a smash pick. They will pass more in 2023. You don't give Odell Beckham $15 million guaranteed and then spend a first-round pick on Zay Flowers if you're going to run as much as you have in the past. But it's still going to be a run-heavy offense, even with Todd Monkin calling the shots, which is why in fantasy football, the wide receiver two is far and away Jordan Addison. Wide receiver four off the board, wide receiver two of fantasy. The landing spot with Minnesota Vikings is just chef's kiss. It is perfect. To have Jordan Addison playing opposite Just Jefferson, a route-running technician like Jordan Addison. He can play in the slot. He can play outside, just like K.J. Osborne, just like Justin Jefferson, much like the Baltimore Ravens. The Minnesota Vikings now have three wide receivers that can move around the field, do all sorts of different things. It makes the offense that much more unpredictable, and it makes them that much scarier. I love it. I'm excited. This does take a hit out of TJ Hawkinson. This does take a hit out of KJ Elborn. I just don't really care that much. This was the perfect landing spot. For Jordan Addison, he and Justin Jefferson are going to make sweet, sweet music in the NFC North this year and for years to come. We'll see who that quarterback is. We know it's going to be Kirk this year, but in 2023, who's it going to be? Could it be Will Levis? Could the Vikings trade up for Mr. Faller himself, Will Levis? We hear teams, they're calling the Pittsburgh Steelers. Multiple teams are trying to trade up. Multiple teams were trying to trade back into the first round. We know the Rams tried to trade into the first round. A lot of people thought it would be for Will Levis. But no, no, the Los Angeles Rams wanted either A, Dalton Kincaid, or B, Miles Murphy. Weren't able to get the deal done. But it's interesting that Will Levis wasn't their target. Could he have been the Raiders' target? Is he the Raiders' target now? Or are the Steelers just going to pick? At 32 overall, <laughs> we've also heard that the Chicago Bears are attempting to trade up to 32. The pick that they gave up Chase Claypool, an absolute blunder. But that first pick that the Steelers own, that is going to be a pivot point. That is going to be 
potentially Will Levis, potentially Joey Porter. Lots of different players that could go that high. It's it's going to be an interesting day too. A lot of stellar landing spots still to be found. A lot of fantasy football production that we're going to see drafted on day two. And that's why you have to tune in to the live stream, to the NFL draft extravaganza here with Player Profiler. We are going to be covering it all. I'm going to be back at the draft. And Jason, Seth, Anand, Theo, they're all going to be here in the house. They're going to be making some beautiful content for you. Tune into the stream tonight at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. I think a little bit earlier than that. I think maybe 6.30 Eastern we're going live. Either way, it is can't miss television. And speaking of can't miss, there were several teams. Not that they couldn't miss, but they didn't. The Jacksonville Jaguars trade back twice, move back, hardly at all. Just at one point, they move back one slot with the New York Giants, and so the Giants get Deontay Bennett. They move back again later, and they still get their guy in Anton Harrison off to tackle out of Oklahoma. And this is the intersection of talent at a premium position and need. Because the Jaguars are going to be without Cam Robinson to start the season. He is suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. Hasn't been officially announced by the NFL, but everyone knows it's coming. And so the fact that they were not only able to stay at their position and get a starter at tackle, the fact that they moved back twice, accumulated extra assets, that cannot be understated how important that is. And for the New England Patriots, they also moved back. They moved back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers trade up for Broderick Jones, a player that I'm off to the New England Patriots plenty, a player that the Patriots really could use because right now Riley Reef is their starting right tackle. But there's still chances that they can address offensive line later. Getting Christian Gonzalez at 17 after trading back. Christian Gonzalez was the favorite to go to the Raiders at 7. Christian Gonzalez could have been the first defensive player off the board. Guy's a freak. Guy is big, fast, athletic, long, everything you look for in a corner. And the fact that Christian Gonzalez falls to 17 to the Patriots after a trade back, W for Bill Belichick. Haven't been a ton of those lately, but W. And W for the Seattle Seahawks at five. They take Devon Witherspoon. That completely threw the draft for a loop. Did not see that one coming, but it was a great pick. Cornerback one in this class, a physical, athletic freak, like so many of the cornerbacks in this class are. Getting Devon Witherspoon, it is a win for the Seattle Seahawks. Having him opposite Tariq Woolen with Kobe Bryant in the slot, with Quandre Diggs and Julian Love in the secondary as safeties, with Jamal Adams working his way back. Legion of Boom 2.0 is a little bit aggressive. It's a little bit hyperbolic. But damn, the Seattle secondary is going to be dangerous. This Seattle pass catching game is going to be dangerous. Just an absolute W for John Schneider and for Pete Carroll. But the biggest W of the night has to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Howie Roseman put on an absolute clinic. An absolute masterclass as a drafter. Howie Roseman is far and away the best general manager in the NFL. 
He owns the Saints. The fact that he was able to trade up one spot, give up a fourth rounder, get Jalen Carter at ninth overall, the best player in the draft at nine. Whew, Howie Roseman. And then to follow it up with another top four pick on the player profiler big board, Nolan Smith. They're just recreating the George Bulldogs. It's the Philadelphia Bulldogs at this point. And there are worries about Nolan Smith's size, just like there were worries about Hassan Reddick's size. And where does Hassan Reddick play again? Oh, yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is just Howie Roseman, man. What else can I say? The guy is a star. And the worst part is the Lions could have had the exact same draft. They could have taken Jalen Carter with the six overall pick, and it would have been a smash. Instead, they trade back 12 and get our running back. And then at 18, they could have taken Nolan Smith. That would have been beautiful. Him and James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson, John Kaminsky. Pass rush for days for the Lions. But instead, they take an off-ball linebacker. They take Jack Campbell because he likes to be yelled at. He likes to have the calls himself so that when he messes up, he's the first to take ownership and the coach can just spit chewing tobacco in his face while screaming at him. And you know, that is why Dan Campbell was sold on him. But it was a mistake and it hurts me to say it, but the Lions were far and away the biggest loser of day one. They've got three picks in the second round to make up for it. But Brad Holmes starting to look like a fake sharp.